Cold is back. We'll talk about it. I'm not so sure. Rates are back down. We've talked about that for months. Copper making new highs. Silver flirting with a breakout. The major U.S. indices doing what the major U.S. indices do. The Dow and the S&P anyway making record highs again. 50 Cent is a Texan. Green Dot is a Texan. Royalty companies are making money hand over fist. Lots to get into, including Elon on SNL and a belated Mother's Day wish to everybody out there. I am Gerardo Del Real along with my co-host, Mr. Nick Hodge, and this is episode slash therapy session 116 of Bizarro World. Mr. Hodge, how are you, sir? Doing good, Gerardo. Probably won't see SNL. I got a text last night at 9.13 p.m. and I was already fast asleep, didn't see it till this morning. So, uh, you know me, uh, early to bed. But I'll catch it uh, the next day, and hopefully he uh, shouts out Dogecoin so it can shoot to the moon. How are you, Gerardo? I am well. Thank you for asking. I was going to ask you, were you tired of counting your Dogecoin profits? You do know that Dogecoin is up 93% in seven days. Have fun staying poor, Gerardo. Have fun staying poor, indeed. That's, that's the new meme, you know, right? For all these um, now, uh, let's go with affluent crypto investors who have made so much money on the Doges and the Bitcoins and the Ethers and, well, whatever, the Uniswaps. Um, the new popular <laughs> meme is... You forgot uh, the cum rockets. <laughs> the cum rockets. I wasn't trying to go there. If... Uh, you're not crypto rich, then you should have fun staying poor. Oh, silly me with my stores of value and my copper and my gold copper, which is actually working out pretty well. We'll talk about that in a bit. But, you know, gold had a bit of a breakout this week. Um, you and I know why, right? Rates came down. It was a horrible jobs report. Um, some people were expecting a million new jobs. Other economists, because economists know all. We're expecting, you know, maybe even 2 million new jobs. And it fell just a tad bit short. That led to rates coming down. Gold spiked up. Wasn't the only thing that spiked up. Copper making all-time highs, right? 472, I think it hit earlier today. Um, 473, I stand corrected. Let's start with gold, Nick. What are your thoughts on gold? I'm not convinced that this is that breakout in that March to 2000 that we're all hoping for. And again, when I say that I am not convinced, um, I think it's a short-term knee-jerk reaction to the jobs report. I don't think that's sustainable, but I hope I'm wrong. Um, your thoughts? I'll tell you next week when I see what rates do. I mean, it was... About three weeks ago, we were talking about uh, rates having a hard down day, uh, after which they went uh, sideways for a couple of weeks. We talked about that as well, but uh, we talked about how that down day in rates three weeks ago was what let gold uh, to get comfortably in the in the upper 1700s. And then it sort of, well, stayed there, right? And now we have uh, another down leg in rates, a U.S. 10-year down to, to 1.5%. And what does gold do? It... Uh, well, moves back up now to 1800 bucks, And then uh, doing uh, the whole uh, wide uh, uh, candle 
days, right? Where you're seeing 30, 40, 50 day swing, $50 swings in a day. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know where it's going to go. Rates didn't stay down for long. They sort of uh, came right back and, and, and finished off where they were, but uh, for the jobs report. So, and then I'm just going to give you uh, a broken record answer, I guess, because um, even if gold stays where it is or goes back below 1800, uh, names that are uh, mm. profiting from the gold are doing well. Um, <clears throat> what's one I've been talking about? Alamos Gold was um, up again, uh, almost to $9. And um, it, Companies are reporting quasi-soft earnings. Like um, Barrick didn't really even have the best quarter, but um, coupled with gold going back over uh, eighteen hundred bucks, it has a, a darn good-looking chart. Um, you know, over the past month or so, and 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 on down the line with the uh, producers. So um, you know, at some point, and, and everyone wants to know. I'm more convinced today than I was three weeks ago that it's time to start looking at gold names. For example, like. Um, I didn't sell any gold stock today, for example, I guess. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, you can so, sell gold stocks, Nick? <laughs> yes, you can. What? Um, but I thought twice about it today, whereas, you know, I hadn't been for the past couple of months. And so it, maybe that's your answer there. I don't know. No, and look, it's a, it's one of those days in the gold space where almost everything was green. You had to be... You know, you had to try really hard. Let me let me keep the foul language um, to the latter part of this podcast, and and I'll try to dodge it <laughs> as much as possible. Um, but but no, look, you had to try really hard to not be in the green today. Everything was up seven, eight, nine, ten percent. And if you had the word copper in your name, other than Chicana copper, um, because of Peru uncertainty, right? Um, you did extremely well. I mean, Cucho Copper up 22%. We've highlighted Cucho several times on this podcast. Rockridge Resources up almost 10% today. They have assays pending that I'm excited about because they may be on to a new discovery that could be pretty consequential. Even the Peru names, right? Regulus was up almost 10% today after pulling back for what seemed like forever, but it's really only been, you know, about a month and a half of the pullback since we got the uncertainty with Mr. Castillo out in Peru and fears of an anti-mining Peruvian leadership, though, again, those in the know, and I had some interviews this past week with um, uh, Michael Hudson from Hand and Metals and David Kelly from Chicana Copper, uh, both which did a really, really good job articulating the fact that yes, even if Castillo does win, and even if he does take a a a stance that is more anti-mining, um, look, you, you know, there's checks and balances even in Peru, right? It, it doesn't just exist here in the U.S., and it's it's going to be tough for Mr. Castillo to get everything through that he wants to get through despite the rhetoric. And I thought a really good example of that um, here in the U.S. was President Biden's kind of about face on the corporate tax rate, right? Um, You know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, right? We were talking 35, 40% is what he campaigned on. We're going to get those corporations. We're going to get the rich. And look, I am all for the corporations that dodge all federal income tax, right? We've talked about those, um, Amazon, Facebook, Nike, you name it, all the big ones. They don't pay anything in taxes. Um, go get those, go get that money. Those are big pools of, of capital that the country needs and that the country's earned. And so 
With that said, Biden pivoting and coming back and saying, look, I'm willing to accept a 25% corporate tax rate to fund spending programs between 25 and 28% to pay for infrastructure. I I don't see that as unreasonable. And again, it's a pivot from where he was before, right? Well, that's what happens when you uh, get into into office. You pivot from what you said on the campaign trail. Isn't that right? Absolutely. And again, speaking to the point about Peruvian elections and, and, and if Mr. Castillo does indeed win, and if he does indeed take a very anti-mining stance, just because you want to nationalize or take up to 70% of profits, as, as we've heard in countries like Chile and other places, um, doesn't mean it's going to happen. It, it, it speaks to a certain um, sector of each candidate's party, but getting those things to actually pass, a whole different ballgame. And I think we're starting to see that. I think, you know, for, for the progressives out there, they're probably pretty disappointed in President Biden. If you were looking for an aggressive, progressive agenda, it's more kind of traditional middle of the pack thus far. He's actually talking about paying for the infrastructure bill. I don't recall the last president that talked about paying for anything. It's been an administration or two. Nonetheless, people are very worried about the uh, spending, and we can talk about the uh, inflation in a, in a second. I'm sure it'll be brought up in this podcast. But uh, I guess what was I going to say? Um, I, but not related for for Biden. I'm interested in what he does about these uh, the vaccine patents because uh, sorry to change topics no, abruptly, no, no. but yeah, that, want to talk that's about sort it. of like a national not a nationalization, but uh, taking certainly away the, the 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 protections that the market comes to. Uh, take for granted, right? The patents of your intellectual property, and so a lot of uh, vaccine stocks cut in half on 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 that announcement, literally in, in half. Um, especially those whose only um, prospect or, or drug candidate was was vaccine related, and so that's you know quasi nationalistic, and so certainly not uh, free market. And then I guess the other thing I was going to say um, was that it's. If it's creating a long-term buying opportunity with these uh, Peruvian names, um, certainly the the short term has been that those names haven't performed with um, what's going on in the copper space. As Correct. you had the beginning of the podcast with copper at all-time highs, uh, and so um, there's names that have done really well. And so um, one, I guess, um, be diversified jurisdictionally, right? And then. Uh, Two, that's what allows you to, if you do one, uh, you know, take profits and sell some of uh, the ones that have done well to, to rebalance or redeploy into um, those that you uh, haven't done as well, but that you're still confident in the in the long term prospects. And so um, I guess those would be my thoughts. I don't know. I've, I've looked at the polls. You know, I'm no expert, again, on, on Peruvian politics for sure. So um nor am I. The, headli- the <laughs> headlines. Are, in case y'all didn't the, know. <laughs> the, the actions that I've done in the market and that I've recommended in the newsletter, uh, which is sells on, on Chicana half last week and, and half this week, um, are just based on the chart and the headlines, right? And, and and you're becoming quite the chartist. I I, I, I took the uh, I took the polar opposite approach. I'm I'm actually holding through 
um, the election. I like that the company's cashed up. I like that the partner is influential in the region. I like, um, you know, a number of things, including the draw results. But you are 100% correct in highlighting that the bottom line is the stock hasn't performed, right? And we know why. I mean, you know, I, I put a trade on earlier this week with Hannon Metals that's that's flat to down a couple of percentage points. Um, but again, I, I, I think there's an opportunity and I'm willing to trade around that for a couple of months um, to see that play out. Doesn't mean I'm going to be right. I am no expert in Peruvian politics either, but we shall see. Um, you mentioned inflation and, and, and talking about it. And it's, it's funny that I think inflation is so prevalent right now that we talk about inflation without even realizing it. We talked about copper making new highs, right? Um, 473. We've talked about, um, you know, the, the, the just myriad of commodities and, financial assets and anywhere you look go go to a grocery store everything is higher and so it's laughable and a bit insulting when the fed and the powers that be the academics that be um tell us that it's transitory and that they're 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 being vigilant i saw uh <laughs> there was a, an article that said economists are not sure when or if inflation will take hold and i just laughed i i, I mean, like again let me try to keep the uh, <laughs> the cursors to myself, but what planet are you living on, right? I mean, yeah, look, like Mr. Dines would say, don't think, look. And so uh, you can blame it on uh, supply, chains supply chain issues and, and say it's going to be transitory. But, um, you know, the Fed wants uh, the inflation and so they're just going to uh, keep stoking it while pretending not to see it. Then you're right that it's, uh, manifested everywhere. You were uh, writing this week about how if it's not higher prices, then it's hidden in smaller packages, right? Where you're getting uh, whatever, fewer noodles in your mac and cheese or, or whatever the case might be for the uh, same price. And, you know, companies across the board are talking about how their input uh, costs are, are so high now for uh, consumer staple goods that uh, prices have to rise. And so, um, I wonder how much crabs are going to cost this summer, I guess, would be uh, one question that I would um, ask my friends. Because, you know, we've been talking about inflation for it's been literally a year now that that we were talking about that this inflation was going to come. And so um, if you were able to see it ahead of time, a, a lot of money was was uh, uh, able to be uh, made to get ahead of it. But the, the real point I want to make is that um, I think that it's like in the zeitgeist now, right, this inflation where... As before, um, you know, we would talk about debt and, and money printing and, um, you know, what's going to happen to the dollar. And that was in smaller circles. Um, but in the in the past year, with the millions of people that have taken an interest in finance from, uh, you know, Wall Street bets to Penn Gaming and and Dave Portnoy to the cryptocurrencies, which have educated and, and, and you and I have narrated this for, for frankly, the past decade, cryptocurrency is educating people on what fiat currency is mm. and what it means to have a finite uh, amount of whatever it is, tokens or coins or uh, grams of gold that can be uh, produced or, or mined and how that um, inherent limit in supply um, uh, can help you um, have higher prices or beget higher prices, right, because of scarcity. And so... Um, I just think that, and I'm not sure what the, the, the huge point is here I'm trying to make it other than um, 
these topics that used to be more esoteric um, about the Federal Reserve and inflation are now just becoming more mainstream. And to me, that says we're, we're approaching uh, maybe not imminently, but um, certainly closer to the end game than we were, say, in like um, 2010 or 2015, as it relates to the populace understanding what's going on with their dollar and purchasing power and how that relates to uh, politics, government and and quasi-governmental entities like the, the Federal Reserve. And so I just see it coming up more in everyday conversation and faster in everyday conversation, you know, less small talk and more talk about things like this. And so um, I think more people are watching it. And, and, and I think that's why uh, you know, these markets are doing all timey type things. A lot there and a lot to tie in. Um, let, let's let, let's go back really quick to um, the vaccine, what you described as the potential nationalization, right, of vaccine patents, if indeed um, these patents are, are, are waived. And, you know, the, 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 the reasoning goes, the reasoning goes that, if you waive intellectual property rules um, to expand vaccine distribution to lower income nations um, that are being battered by the pandemic, we, we've seen how horrible it's been in India. And, you know, all the best to everybody there. Um, I believe something like just two and a half percent of the people in India have been vaccinated. And you're talking about a billion plus people. Right. And so we've seen the lack of you, you want to talk about scarcity, oxygen. Right. For people that are having issues and complications, whether they're just COVID related or not, the bottom line is there is a desperate rush for oxygen at hospitals and clinics. And so um, these these shortages that are materializing everywhere that, that, that they're in turn turning into higher prices and the bait and switch with getting less for more have real life consequences. And unfortunately, that's playing out in a very, very consequential way in India. But I say all that to say that, you know, I, I don't completely disagree with wanting to expand the vaccine distribution to lower income nations. But there's a way to do that, right? There, there's a way to do that. And I don't believe that compromising the integrity or the safety of the production chain where, you know, Pfizer's vaccine requires 280 different materials and components and they source these from 19 different countries so if there aren't patent protections then there probably aren't going to be any of the checks and balances that guarantee that that vaccine is actually the vaccine that you meant to take and again slippery slope um worth keeping an eye on the market sure and the heck reacted you mentioned those market caps getting slashed right of the pharmaceutical companies and you know i'll remind everybody who political candidates work for it's the corporations it's been that way since the mid to late 50s uh, i don't think this will fly but i think it's a good way to distract and, and appear benevolent um from you know the the spending issues and all the other things that the biden administration's rolling out some of which are good and i agree with and some which I don't and I don't believe are, right? Well, that's like you say, with anybody, you can't agree or you probably shouldn't agree with anybody 100%. So um, just to follow up, two more things on the vaccine is uh, about the, you know, following the, the protocols that a patent would ensure. Um, yeah, that's sort of like, um, 
where I, I landed on why this, even if it were to go through, wouldn't be the end of the world for um, those whose uh, intellectual property it truly was because it would take the generic companies a long time to figure out how to to do that, right? To, to source those things like you were saying. And then uh, the second thing is the variation, right? We're already talking about having to get uh, booster shots, et cetera. So um, is a vaccine that you start making today that you're not going to be able to produce for X amount of months even going to be um, efficacious by the time you're able to produce it, right? These uh, truly uh, free market companies will have then moved on to the next iteration of the vaccine, right? At least that's how I'm sort of thinking about it. Efficacious. You're a show off, Nick. You're a show off. <laughs> let me uh, let me poo poo the academics a little bit more because, uh, you know, me not having an Ivy League school background, it's, it's fun. Um, this jobs report, which I led with, I mean, I said that they missed, but I, I, I don't think I provided the context, right? I, I did say they were expecting you know, close to a million um, new jobs. And and some people had said, some academics had said, potentially even 2 million. I don't think I read aloud the- It was uh, two of 75 <laughs> that were under 800,000. That's what I read. Is that what you're going for? <laughs> Correct. And so of the million or 2 million jo- new jobs that the academics expected, only 266,000 actually occurred. And, um, you know- there were there was some good commentary on well if you continue pe- to pay people because there's a labor shortage as well right if you continue to pay people to stay at home or you pay them more than they otherwise would to go to work well unless that person has you know a good moral compass and a work ethic and sees the value in processes and systems and the experience that experience gets you in the labor force then you're probably going to stay at home and so again brings us back to when is enough enough? When do we when do we turn off, you know, the 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 well and say it's time to get back out there? Um, now that you know we're here in in the U.S., the vaccination effort. Credit to the Biden administration; they've done a phenomenal job with that. Um, here in Texas, you can walk into almost anywhere right now and get a vaccine if you want one. You don't have to make appointments anymore. And so, you know, three months ago we were thinking hopefully by the end of summer. Now we're thinking, hey, kids 12 to 16 might have a shot at this in the next month or two. And so, um, yeah, it, it's, 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 there's a lot of moving parts right now, a lot to watch, but it's time to get back to a newer or more normal normal, if that makes any sense. It, it absolutely is. And I think people are starting to do it, you know, um, you know, you don't have to formally wear masks outside anymore if you're fully vaccinated. And I see parents showing up at morning drop off, you know, not wearing their masks, uh, you know, outside up into the school anymore, you know, when they walk their kids up. And so, um, yeah. And I was looking out my window here at the office the other day and there was like people in the restaurant across the street, like out on the patio having lunch. You know? And so, yeah, I think people are getting back to it for sure. And so, um, I, I don't know if it's going to, I think it's going to be a continued K-shaped recovery, I guess, is the uh, the narrative that that we're going with, right? With this um, sort of rich continuing to get richer. And it'll be interesting to see um, how this labor market develops, right? Because you're getting 
um, these other narratives that are being put out there too, right? Like nobody wants to work because of the stimulus payments. And making so <laughs> yep. They're making so much money on their Dogecoin that, you know, they don't have to get a job. And so, you know, I, I'm not necessarily sure that's going to be the case. And if it is, uh, I'm not sure it's, it's a sustainable case, right? Um, uh, and if it is, then we'll, we'll all just be Dogecoin millionaires, I guess. But um, we'll find out. Uh, I'll share a personal story. Getting back to the new normal, I went to my first site visit, as you know, in over a year. And I'm, I'm speaking with a geologist. I'm in Nevada. It was a great visit. And, you know, we're talking about the valuation of the company and the asset. And I, you know, I, I looked at it and I, I'm saying, you know, there's almost half a million ounces of gold here. It's past producing, great infrastructure, excellent exploration upside, the works. Um, and you know, it's got a market cap of 17, 18 million, an asset that in 2011, 2012 commanded a market cap of give or take 250 million, um, drastic discount. Right. And he says, yeah, it's pretty crazy. This is the geologist gentleman that, that, that gave me the tour. He says, it's pretty crazy. You know, I have about seven or eight musician friends and they all pulled together, you know, like $10,000 and they did this like in January and bought some Dogecoin because they thought it was hilarious. And they're damn near crypto millionaires. Um, and so here we are with our, you know, I joked every day I get dumber with my stores of value and, you know, <laughs> gold and <laughs> silver and copper and all these things that you actually have to mint and produce and go discover and all of that. You can just buy the meme crypto and uh, become a crypto millionaire. How sustainable that is, we shall see. But I'm happy for the uh, I'm happy for the artist friends of of, of the geologist and I wish them all the best and do good. Do good with the money, right? Do good with the money and um, other things are inflating as well, which we already talked about. So, um, you know, you can harness that other places as well. And then some people have. Agreed. Agreed. Um, silver. Silver is not gold. You want to tell everyone why, Nick? You have before. Tell them again. Oh, gosh, you always put me on the spot, and I hope I can come up with the answer. Um, it's not quite uh, in purely precious metal, has m much more uh, industrial uses, uh, basically, is the, is the short answer, and also is not uh, mined purely by itself, but um, uh, as a co-product of, of, of other mines oftentimes, and so has a bit different supply dynamics would be, I guess, the short answer. Absolutely. Uh, silver is most absolutely a commodity, and it's trading like it. Uh, closed at 27.43, had itself a heck of a week. And unlike gold, um, I like silver where it's at. I like where silver is headed. Uh, your thoughts, Nick? Silver? Mm. Um, <laughs> I, haven't, I, haven't, I haven't thought too much about silver. What, what did the chart say? Spot. What did the chart say? Yeah, you're, you're, you're no, quite the chartist I mean, now. Silver looks like it's going to thirty. I could I could pull up a chart if I uh, if you really want me to. I I, um, I would love that because if it hits thirty, then where is it going? Uh, dun 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 dun. Well, if it goes through twenty six, it's going to twenty eight, and then. Well, we're there. Uh, and I agree with you, by the way. Oh goodness! Oh goodness is right. Yes, sir. You got to keep pulling it back. Um, 10 years man well it's got it's got to consolidate here at 24 to 26 for a bit and then it could go yeah it could go 30 40 yeah 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 so again i um, mean the, 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 i mean yeah well the answer is 50 bucks right the answer is 50 bucks and again like copper then we're talking 
new all-time highs, right? And so not a lot of great ways to play silver, but let me play devil's advocate again because I'm a relatively simple person with a simple outlook on things. If gold never goes up another dollar, there are companies that are making money hand over fist in the current gold price environment. The royalty companies are killing it. The companies that are, you know, not trying that hard are doing really well. And so I know you wanted to chat a bit about the royalty companies and some of the earnings that we got this week from some of the major producers. Now, now I want to chat more about silver. You got to be looking at this chart. <laughs> you got excited? <laughs> it looks pretty good. That's a damn good looking chart. Yeah. And that's why I'm convinced. I'm actually convinced that uh, we're on the verge of a pretty big silver breakout. So, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I did want to, and, and to follow up, yeah, because you know we've said it all along, right? Gold is boring. How many times have you said that boring <laughs> gold? It's seventeen hundred, dumbass. And so now gold. that boring seventeen hundred dollar <laughs> gold is is falling all the way to the bottom line, right? And so um, you've got royalty companies like Wheat and Precious Metals reported this week record revenue, right? And so um, records a long time again, and so. Um, I think you're going to continue to see that. And when we look at the charts, like I mentioned Alamos earlier, but, you know, if you look at the even larger companies um, uh, and uh, the royalty streaming companies uh, specifically, um, you know, the Wheatons, the Royals, the Franco Nevadas of the world, um, which often lead and outperform, are starting to lead, right? And um, is it a short-term bottom? Uh or the the turning of the uh, sector to to new highs uh, remains to be seen, of course. But uh, the fundamentals, which I know don't matter as much in the times we're in, but um, the 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 revenue being generated, the uh, profits that are falling to the bottom line, and then in turn the excuse me dividends that are being increased. Uh, off the top of my head, I can't scroll and read, but I think it was like the third consecutive quarter that. Um, you know, Wheaton increased their their dividend. And then uh, that's just another reason for investors to, to start looking at these again, because uh, we're in a historically low interest rate environment, right? And so if you can get that um, uh, historic inflation protection, that anti-fiat aspect of it with all the money printing that's going on, uh, a gold price that's um, allows money to fall to the bottom line when it's uh, mined and also in sense, um, you know, exploration, uh, et cetera, then uh, it could be time to uh, start looking at those uh, names again. And the future, you know, Franco's and Wheaton's, right? I mean, everyone knows there's a company called Nomad Royalty that I follow and cover um, and is a pick in the portfolio and I'm a shareholder of that I really like. And, you know, they're just getting going and are already, um, you know, issuing an industry-leading dividend. They're already uh, recording record revenues. And again, in, in an environment where a lot of people are bored and frustrated with the gold price. So a lot of great companies doing some really good work out there that I think will lead to a pretty drastic re-rating, a la some of the better copper names right now um, in the gold space here in the not-too-distant future. That's why I didn't sell them all. 
<laughs> 50 Cent is a Texan. Who's not? That's a great answer, Nick. <laughs> Tejas. And I have a daughter that's a Texan. I mean, yeah, everybody's a Texan. Our CFO is a Texan. <laughs> there you go. Look, the bottom line is, uh, if I was 50 Cent and I was producing 20 different movies and TV shows, some award-winning ones for ABC, um, and I was getting the type of checks that Mr. Jackson is receiving, I wouldn't want to give 50% of that up to New York State either. And Texas is extremely friendly um, to corporations and entities on that end of it. It is a very pro-business state, as it should be. It is not a very pro-you-should-go-vote state. Um, more fuckery there that I'll get into a bit more next week because that will lead to more of the profanity-laced profanity tirades. Um, that This one makes my blood boil, Nick, if you haven't noticed. But I, I, I'm going to leave it for next week. The bottom line is the Republican Party here in Texas is doing all it can to do the historical dog whistling that it does to the most extreme part of its base and doing everything it can to make it harder for everyday Joe citizen and Granny Smith citizen to just go out and vote, which is, again, we've talked about this on this podcast before, the complete antithesis of what being American and leading for your constituents is supposed to be about. We'll talk about it more next week. Can't wait. Can't. We'll, also know what, we'll also know what Elon said on Saturday Night Live by then. Elon will be on Saturday Night Live. By then, we would have had a celebration of mothers across the country. In Mexico, it's on the 10th of May. My mom lives in Mexico, of course. My wife, of course, lives here with me in Texas. Um, by the time you all listen to this, I hope that everyone out there had a great Mother's Day. If you're fortunate enough to have amazing women around you, celebrate them. Um, I'm fortunate in more ways than one. And that is, that is, you know, kind of the cornerstone of everything that um, happens is, is, is home base here. And um, yeah, happy Mother's Day. Happy belated Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And I have a wife with a birthday uh, over the weekend as well. So we do a double celebration. I have uh, the gifts lined up. I have the cards purchased. And I think people were on it this year because I went like uh, the Thursday before Mother's Day to get my card and I thought I was on it. And it was like I had to pick over people's picked overs. And so hopefully people are on it. Looks like it. I hope so. I think the fact that here in the States anyway, right, COVID cases are falling in 30 states. A third of Americans are fully vaccinated. That's a big deal. I think it's allowing people to get back out there. I think people are taking advantage of the new freedom and uh, doing some good things with it, right? That's it. We'll be at brunch. Hopefully they have enough servers uh, that aren't Dogecoin millionaires. Love it. What are you watching in the markets this week? I know you and I are both watching rates. I suspect you're not watching silver as well. <laughs> what, what else? Oh, are you, yeah, yeah. What else so are you looking at? Silver looks interesting. Um, I want to see if these uranium stocks can keep going up. Uh, I want to. That's a great uh, point. Yeah. Let's I mean, talk about it. I mean, Chemical had had earnings uh, is going to have to, even though it's it's restarting, um, it's still going to have to go in the market and and buy some pounds. Chemical stock went up. 
Um, people are clearly interested in the sector. Um, spot price now above uh, $30. Um, I, I'm at the point where I'm looking for pullbacks, I think, to uh, make recommendations. And so um, basically, um, you know, we were talking about how last week it's still early days, right? First or, or second inning. And so um, I think it's buy on pullback time. And so I'm just watching closely because I don't want it to be another head fake, right? So I am too. It, it's funny you mention it because I have a couple of names. Um, well, let me backtrack. You know, in, in, in the paid service in Junior Resource Monthly, you know, we've done well holding through the downturn and adding on weakness. And, and by weakness, I mean the past five years in the case of the service. I'm in the past 14 in the case of the bull market or the bear market that's now pivoted into a bull market. But I say all that to say that despite the great uranium exposure in the companies that um, we have in the portfolio, all which have done phenomenally well, you know, there's a couple of names that I've been waiting for months to pull back in a more substantial way. And it just has not happened. And look, as much as I believe we're in the bottom of the first, top of the second, early stages, early in the game, first quarter, whatever, you know, whatever sports um, analogy you want to you, you, you want to connect to it. I do think some of these names are getting ahead of themselves a little bit. And, and we have not seen, you know, that 20, 30 percent correction in the space that makes everybody question whether or not it's a head fake. And I'm looking for that. And I hope we get it. Um because if we do, I have a name or two that we'll definitely be adding to the portfolio. But I own enough if we don't, that I guess would be a good point to make. And Great so that's point. That's the whole thing about you got to be in when it turns or you miss the bulk of the gains. That's also what we've said for the past five years, right? And so I can see these stocks going up and not have the FOMO, right? Because I still got warrants to exercise, baby. The FOMO is real. Um, your point is well taken. You have to be in the game. And I've been, look, I've been broken record syndrome for the past nine months with the gold consolidation. I've been telling everybody, make sure you are using the weakness to your advantage because it will turn. So the same way that you've seen these uranium stocks, double, triple, quadruple here in the past several months, the same kind of price action is coming to the gold space. Yes, I am fully aware that uranium is a more consolidated space with less names, um, you know, the capital that goes there is, 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 is absorbed in a more meaningful way because there's so many gold names and so few, few uranium companies of merit. But the point is the same. Um, have exposure, you know, buy the better producing names, uh, buy names that are on the verge of material catalyst. Um, and, and then, you know, if you get, get a run, if, if this 1830 in the gold space goes to 19, 1950, you won't feel like you missed out, right? You won't feel like you missed out. I know in the uranium space, a lot of people feel like they missed out. And if we do get a 20, 30% pullback, I think it'll be healthy. Missed out. We're hitting new 52-week highs. Everywhere. <laughs> Everywhere. Mr. Hodge, that is all I have. Is there anything else on your mind that is pressing? I know you have... A lot to get to, including the celebration of your wife and Mother's Day and everything that goes along with that. But anything else? Did I miss anything? Is there anything else that we didn't discuss? No, no, we're getting back to it. Um, uh, 
further to that point, yeah, we'll be visiting some uh, new friends from, you know, that we met at uh, a fundraiser for our kids' school, which is actually something we should talk about next week because uh, we can talk about some wealth inequality for sure. And mm. um, no, that's it. Uh, we're definitely getting back to it and hope everyone uh, had a good weekend. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I am Gerardo Del Real, along with my co-host, the witty, the intelligent, the chartist, the technical mathematician wizard, Mr. Nick Hodge. This was episode 116 of Bizarro World. Go get you some gold stocks and some silver names, everybody. See ya.